Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon. Brandon Wong, Pickups. Hey, it's me, Todd Novak. We are thrilled to death that you are listening to our little show called The Guitar Knobs Podcast, where we interview boutique builders of pedals and gear and uh, amps and all kinds of guitar ephemera. And uh, and sometimes we don't interview and we just have nice chats amongst ourselves. But in this case, we are having an interview and we've got somebody very special on the line. Chad Jennings with Jennings Guitars. That is correct. You win. That's it. That's the right answer. Um, and where are you calling <laughs> in from, Chad? I'm calling in from Ventura, California right Excellent. now. All right. So, hey, everybody who is listening right now, unless you're driving, don't do this. But if you can, go to your nearest mobile phone or computer and look up Jennings Guitar Co. on Instagram or JenningsGuitars.com on the web and feast your eyes on the beautiful pieces of wood and metal that make up guitars There's made by Mr. Them. Jennings. Yeah, a quite a few. A lot of good eye candy, good everybody. Stuff. And you can uh, head on over to Reverb if you're interested in seeing how much you can uh, pick one of these up for, too. Not much. So, Not much. <laughs> dudes, lots going on. Um, but I want to announce to everyone, and hopefully by this time you've heard this, you were well aware of it, because I probably would have posted a few spot. Uh, uh, oh, I just said it. We're on Spotify. Yay! Long time coming. That is quite an ordeal to get approved on Spotify. It's not just like all the other ones. So um, <laughs> I don't know why, but man, I'm I'm glad we're up there. So uh, if you're like me and you listen to Spotify like 24-7, then now you can have us 24-7 there too. I believe that the episodes go back about 20 episodes. So if you need to go further back, which I suggest you do because there's lots of good ones. Like me. Yeah, like you. And like and Tony. Like me. You can hear their individual initial podcasts that we did with them, uh, their interviews. Anyway, so those are on Spotify. Look up the guitar knobs and you will find us. If you are able to, if if you want to go back, like I said, you can go to our website, theguitarknobs.com. We have all of our episodes there. I believe on Stitcher 2, you can have the full uh, episode list. On iTunes, again, no, you cannot. You only go, I think they only go back 20 as well there too. So anyways, we're not going to charge you for those old ones because we don't charge you for the new ones. That's right. <laughs> All righty then. We've got some awesome stuff happening in our guitar worlds this week. Tony, what's happening in your guitar world this week? Gosh, this week I'm just scrambling, scrambling, because I've got to get uh, five days of work into three. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Can you tell me that, Todd? I was yeah, nonstop myself. Yeah, anyhow, we had the Columbus Guitar Show. There, there were some cool things that I that I saw. There were, you know... Unfortunately, I think the Columbus show is getting kind of the reputation for, you know, the what I call the under $500 crowd. But um, yeah, there were some it's always I, nice. I explain that a little bit, Tony. Well, I, I think that, um, you know, if you go to a bigger city show or a bigger show, period, um, there's a lot more vintage. There's a lot more higher end higher ticket items. And I think in, in, in the Columbus show, most of the dealers that I see, they, they don't bring as much of the, you know, the, the real vintage stuff. There's a lot more, uh, you know, mid grade player grade, uh, and, and some, a lot of beginner guitars. So I think that that's, that's, I, at least 
you know, stuff that I bring to the show to sell. Yeah. I keep that in mind, although I did bring some higher end pieces this time. But, you know, I look at it as a way to get to talk to people. And 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 there were a lot of people that um, listened to the guitar knobs, a lot of customers uh, that I had locally. And some came in from even from uh, from out of town, I think. And uh, so it's always nice to, you know, face to face meetings yeah. with 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 your customer base and potential customer base, you know, people that. uh yeah, there was it was it was a Gary Goodman, Goodman, Gary Goodman, and son, and son were there. Uh, so that was cool to see them and meet them in person. And you know, it's it, that's the kind of thing you know. I think in in all of our businesses, when you're involved in the musical community like that, it almost requires it. You can't just be some robot out there filling orders. I no, think you have to we're, be. We're real people. We're real, real. You real got a show face? <laughs> and, 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 let, let's explain just really quick. We all just said Gary Goodman. Like everybody knows who Gary, Gary Goodman is. <laughs> Gary, as, as nice of a guy as you are, I don't, I don't know that you're, that you're internet famous yet. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is he? As of right now. He might be. He is just so, like, <laughs> Gary, he's trending right now. As Gary we speak. is one of our patrons and it yes. was just really great to, to meet him and his son too. And they've got a great story. So go back and listen to the one that we talked about. Yeah. I think it's actually marked in the episodes. It was his dedicated show. So anyways, uh, let's see, Chad, what's going on in your world this week, man? Man, I'm just getting ready to take a vacation. You know, we work like crazy, but we're trying to fill orders. we got some guitars going out to the UK to James's home of tone. James is an awesome retailer and we've been excited to work with him, but we just finally finished his guitars and those are going out. Um, trying to play catch up on a bunch of orders that we have. And it's, it's just madness. You know, guitar building is a lot of fun, but it's pretty hard <laughs> for lack of better words. And, uh, kind of one of those when it, when it rains, it pours and, it sure it. seems like it or yeah. like when you want to take a vacation, it oh, like, yeah. it just hails, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's, it's fun. Everything's going well, but man, you know, I, I think the biggest thing I wish we could speed up is painting. You know, mm. we're using nitro on you, you coat for a few days and you got to let it sit yeah. for a week to two weeks, depending on how you've painted. And then you got to move forwards from that. But, uh, you know, now nah, you should just do everything in true oil. <laughs> yeah. You know, or no finish at all. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can start trending that satin, yeah. no finish yeah. guitars. How finish, about that? Finish it yourself. <laughs> well, that's, that's oh, one of the problems man. that, uh, our friend Chase has, uh, you know, he, it, it's, it gets so humid out here and, and he's painting in a building that isn't, uh, air conditioned or humidified. Yeah. And so, you know, he's, he's a, he's a small builder. He's trying to do the best he can and his guitars are beautiful, but man, it, it's like, stop the presses if it's a nice day he's got to go out and shoot the heck out of everything yeah. so totally yeah yeah i get that uh yeah i guess my bigger role is doing paint and then we got Devin who helping out big time and a lot of the manufacturing and i'll jump in on manufacturing as well but uh yeah it's it's fun man i i go to work every day super stoked just to get sweaty and dusty and occasionally bloody <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> yeah keep the tetanus at hand um hey jared yeah what do you what's going on in your music world this week bud well tony kind of prefaced what i was going to talk about i so. stole your thunder didn't i yeah not really you kind of set it up okay. because i wanted to specifically <laughs> talk about some items uh at the guitar show um i had a drum set a clear zikos drum set and um i had a i had a a 10-inch tom, two 12-inch toms, a 10-inch 
No, no, I'm sorry. A 16-inch floor tom, an 18-inch floor tom. All the drums, Tommy. All the drums, Tommy. So I had them all. I had a long cannon of a bass drum. And uh, Did you have any cymbals with that? I kept my cymbals because... How about stands? And I kept... I have the stands at another place since being sold by a friend of mine. Any sticks? I'm keeping those. Okay. Just checking. For uh, the... Dogs. The dogs. And anyway... uh, I, so the drum set sat there for the majority of the show. Yep. And right as I got my, one of my guys to go bring my truck around for them to load up the drum set, because I was going to you know, have my friend sell them in his, in his shop, this, I, I saw the guy who said, eh, I might want to trade for those. And I thought, you know, I would rather just get something else I can sell rather than try to sell these drums, get something easier to sell. So I said, eh, what do you got? And he brought this other guy um, with a 1972 MPEG V2, all original Head. except for the yeah, except for one power tube. What year? 1972 or 71? I don't remember. One of the two. Okay. Also a Harmony. No, it's a K guitar. It's got one pickup at the neck. It's kind of like a jazz acoustic-y thing eh. it, i mean it's it's really cool it's now a sweet little guitar yeah no, it's, it's, fine. A it's in great special, shape you know? for being yeah. a 50s as old as it guitar, was original. the neck was reset um it, it was black lighted and right around the neck you can Lit. you can tell that it was reset at one time i've seen other ones that have terrible action so i'm convinced it was taken care of which yeah. is a good thing yeah yeah it's it's a it's a real player 500 I mean, yeah, less sure. for you exactly and the last but not least, the guy had a Morley Ottawa from the seventies. I mean, it's just chrome all over the place. Oh you yeah, use the thing that's as a, a mirror. huge thing with its own actual ACDC power supply. Yep. So for two uh, original pre-Rolla speakers, uh, Greenbacks uh, with replaced cones, uh, which really drive the price way down, and all the drums, I got those three items I just described. Well, that, that was a little ballsy of you to to take an amp that you didn't, you even, didn't plug even plug it in, it in or here. A, <laughs> a seventy one. When you're there at the show, that thing was at least seventy five pounds. Like I watched that guy haul that thing around. Oh where, yeah, and all of us were like, oh my god. He, he, he was he lot. was like leaning to one took side. The whole drum kit at yeah. one fell swoop. Yeah, after I got to tell you thing. though, it looked a lot more appealing than hauling them drums up to Fremont, Ohio. Yeah, I get yeah. It. You know, so, so here's here's the funny thing, and I don't I don't know if you know this aspect of the story, but when you were gone walking around, he and his crew came up and he he had that big head and he said, Hey, whose drums are these? And we said, Oh, he's walking around. He's like, You think he'd trade us for this head? And Zach and I both looked at him and we're like, I don't think so. <laughs> because, you know, it was just a head by itself. Yeah. And we were like, He's he's got like fifteen amps already and I, I, I don't think about six. Yeah. And 15. (laughs) And so we both like concluded and we both kept checking on each other. Just like, is there a possibility? And we're like, no, there's no way he's going to trade that. So then he went on his way and then you and you and this fella showed up back at the thing and Zach and I both looked at each other like, oops. <laughs> and I felt bad because I was like, look, we weren't trying to steer you away from the deal. Yeah. Like we legitimately thought yeah. that, that that there's no way. I, I, I would have hesitated on the amp head. I mean, 
no matter how you slice it, you'll have to put a little money into oh, of it. Of course. And hopefully it's nothing too serious. But Yeah, but you got some guitar stuff instead of some drum stuff. Because right. we don't care about drum stuff. I wasn't really invested in the drums and... I just didn't want to deal with the drums anymore. Yeah. So they were so I mean, cool though. You could have you like, could have brought me an man. ice cream cone at a hundred degree weather and I would have took the ice cream. Yes. You know? Well we're so the, keep that in mind, everybody. Next time you go to a show, just make sure Jared looks uncomfortable and make him a deal. <laughs> uh, How about you, Todd? What's going on? Man? Well, um oh, I'm gonna go for the for the uh I'll take guitar show for one hundred. <laughs> There um, it is. I hauled out my beloved Gibson. It was beloved. I love that thing. Oft spoken of. Oft spoken of. Uh, <laughs> uh, my Gibson uh, Explorer in Olympic white that had become nicotine yellow. It was beautiful. I had dealers crawling all over that thing, and it was sitting in its beautiful, big, ginormous uh aircraft carrier case. yeah we, the, we talked the, the about brown, it when you got it yeah the brown victoria's secret case. well it's victoria's secret it's all pink inside right. fuzzy pink um <laughs> and uh I mean, like five or six people played it like it just it was getting tons of attention yeah and i wanted a specific number and the dealers i i did i i do feel good because the first time i brought that so i brought it up $250 more than what and they were originally offering the first time around. But I, I, it went to somebody that I, that I like that I, uh, that I think has a, a really good presence at the show. And, um, he's got fantastic guitars. That's Rick. Oh, you did sell it. I sold it to Rick. Oh, okay. I think he, I think he broke a guitar after that. he, he actually broke a, a firebird headstock uh, in three places uh, on accident. Cause he didn't lock the, the, uh, it was one of those extra tall stands and he didn't, and lock he didn't lock stand. it. Uh, 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 now, now the Explorer, we talked about that on a podcast. Yeah. Was and, it when I got it and you traded a guitar that was worth a lot less than that. Explorer. I did. I did. I made out pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Good for 400 you. 400 bucks, 500. Yeah. yeah. But one thing, I mean, that also raises the point that if you do go to a guitar show and you want to sell something, yeah, you can't expect retail or top dollar you, for things. No, you you can't. Dealers, if, especially if you're going to go to a dealer, because a dealer has to make some money on that. Yeah, there's got to. I mean, he'll the, he'll, I mean, he'll for sure turn around and sell it for at least four to five hundred dollars more than what he paid me for. But yep. that said, it's I still made out well. I'm happy. I got to play it. I got to own it. It was cool. Maybe I'll get another one someday, but right now selling it was more important. Yeah. And it's also worth, worth pointing out. If you do go to a guitar show, bring somebody, ask, bring somebody you trust. And here's the whole thing. I kept getting these numbers and I was asking the people that I trust, Jared and Tony and Zach and Buford T justice. That's right. And, uh, it's good to have people who are backing you up. And uh, and honestly, if you see something at a guitar show that you that you really like at one vendor, it's if you see somebody else who you think might know about the stuff or has similar stuff, just ask them. Everybody's really great about talking about these things, and everybody's very open. There's not a bunch of horse shenanigans. Don't be going like on. me and blindly trade for an amp. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, don't do that. <laughs> I was yeah, I was excited just to get rid of the drums. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, there you go. Yeah. So anyways, uh, enough about the guitar enough show. Enough about the guitar show. Let's talk about... One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. All right, Chad. Hit us. What's your four on the floor? 
Four on the floor. Uh, we've got the Matthews Effect Surgeon. Okay. Um, nice. Coming at number one. It's a delay pedal for those who don't know. Um, it's very complex and a bit overwhelming if you don't know how to use it, but the ambient tones you get out of it are insane. Um, so I, on the pedal, it reads the knobs read dose, pulse, uh, what was it? Rain and then mutation. And uh, yeah, good luck translating that. It's all on his website, but right. um, it's just, it's really unreal with the stuff you get from it. I, I'm very simple type of player. I like the more straightforward tones. But I find that some of the overlapping delays that this pedal has, um, I definitely love to use it for little effects and little pieces that I'll Do you use any play, other uh, stuff like that? You said you use it for little stuff. Do you do you normally is is delay like a constant thing for you? Is like do you always use delay? Delay for me, if it's clean, is pretty much always on, okay. and then. If I'm playing driven usually I'll click the delay off and just go straight to amp overdrive right that's right. why I like it okay cool and is that a recent purchase um it's somewhat recent we connected with uh Rick Matthews over at Matthews effects for Nam. he had one of our guitars and we oh, built right. a Matthews pedal board uh to have at our Nam booth last winter oh awesome so that's super that was, cool. he we yeah had, we had him on uh Oh gosh, almost I guess it would have been this time last year, maybe. I think so, yeah. This is right about here in the last time. So if you want to listen to the Matthews Effects podcast, uh you can go check that out over at no, not at Spotify. It's not too yet. far back. Yeah. But you can go to our website and check that out. It's a good one. He's a super nice cat. Yeah. I met him at Nam last year too. So. Yeah. And Nam. At Nam. When you were in Vietnam. <laughs> Nam. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I always say Nam. <laughs> Uh, what do you got? Military, uh, so we all do. Yeah. What do you got for number two? Yeah. Uh, number two is the Cosmonaut from Matthews. Um, just a reverb pedal. Again, it, some Matthews stuff is over the top for how I play, but I, I definitely like the combinations of the Surgeon and the Cosmonaut. Just very ambient, overlappy. I don't know, for lack of better words, like slap echo type stuff with all sorts of crazy modulation in it. So. That's I don't know. Those are my two. Which one did you I'll, get first? I got both of them at the same time because remember we built the, oh, that, the yeah, board yeah, for yeah. Nam. Okay, that's right. Yeah. So, are they like special edition or anything? I know he does. He he tends to do like uh, you know some that have special art editions or uh, I mean if they're straightforward then that's cool too. Those work just as well. Uh, I got serial numbers. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> uh, no, they're nothing, nothing over the top. Okay. Special. So, uh, with, but, uh, with, the great, great pedals with that reverb, um, are you a, are you like a big shimmery reverb guy or you like to just kind of let it roll in the back or. I like to let it roll in the back. And then again, I use the, the surgeon to kind of shimmer and create some extra dimension uh -huh, okay. within my playing. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, okay, so what do you have for number three? Um, it would be the JHS Tank Reverb. Again, I do love reverb. I leave this one clicked on. Um, it has like a, a reverb stacking. It's a double switch pedal. Um, so you can kind of stack reverbs or switch between two different reverb setups within the pedal, which is really cool. Um, I love it for the, the treble knob that's on it. It... Uh, 
it really adds a lot to the guitar's tone and the amp's tone. And every time I click the pedal off, I'm like, wait, where did my tone go? <laughs> so big props to Josh for coming up with something that, I don't know, it's it's a tone box. It just it sounds awesome. And I just kind of click that guy on and let it run. Cool. Yeah. Is that something that's been on your board for a long time? No, we connected with Josh for Nam as well. You know, so we, again, we sent him out a guitar that, and he had it our guitar at his NAM booth and uh people loved it and uh yeah so it's been pretty recent so, <laughs> so i've I, had that guy out of, out of curiosity how does that work i mean who contacts who uh depends on who's in need more you well, know no I, i'm just wondering <laughs> so. because you know, you know so you, got, you had your guitars at two booths at nam um i mean did you yeah. approach them or did they approach you uh, we approached them because uh-huh. we wanted to cross market with them the yeah, best that we could smart, and get our smart. guitars out there. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, every every company you talk with or work with, they have a different policy and philosophy of how to do it. And our biggest thing is we just want guitars out there for people to play them. So right. that helped us big time having stuff at JHS and uh, at Matthews. Yeah, for sure. Those are oh, two yeah. s- top players out there for sure. Big visibility. That was great. Yeah good idea i love how diverse the uh, josh and uh, jhs and matthews effects are they're just very different genres for lack of better words so yeah that's cool to have both of us definitely. two big players out there repping your guitar yeah. that's rad uh what do you got for number four um we're doing the jhs morning glory oh man i love that pedal yeah it's one that i've always when I say I love that pedal, I haven't owned that pedal. I've played that pedal, and I want that pedal I, someday. 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 How can you love something you've never had? Because I heard it, and I I enjoyed playing it, and also one of my favorite guitar players plays it, Billy Duffy. Uh, I hope it doesn't disappoint That's one of his main things. You. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> back, back to... Back to the Chad. Back to the Chad Jennings interview. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Yeah, uh, the battle remind yeah, you so, of your mother. Yeah, t- t- <laughs> tell tell me more about your childhood. Uh, My childhood, eh? Yeah, tell us about the uh, the morning glory there, bud. It's just a great pedal. It's a lighter overdrive. Um, I use it mainly to boost my tube amp a little bit, and uh, I use it as kind of a tone box as well. You kind of just click it on and get kind of your bass tone and play through. I, again, I love playing with the dynamics of an overdriven amp in the morning glory. I think really has great abilities to help push the amp um, in abilities in ways that the amp is not necessarily set up to do on its own. Yeah. Without, so. without overly coloring. Exactly. Yeah. So it's great to just click it on and know that everything I just had is still there. Yeah, you know? for sure. Now, uh, what, what yeah. amp are and you using? Some, so. I was just going to ask. I, that. I beat you to it. You did. What, what amp are you using? This? The one I'm mainly playing with is a Benson Monarch. Yeah. Have you guys played any of those? Well, he was also yeah. a guest on the show. <laughs> you could go back to the Benson. <laughs> really? The Benson interview. Welcome to do that. Over really cool our amps. Podcast, the guitar yeah, Knobs. very com. cool amps. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, <laughs> you guys are going to roll your eyes. I started amp shopping again a little bit. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> look no further buy a benson someday again i got a big list of some someday yeah we shall see anyhow um don't yeah, we all did you did you do any kind of a special um like accoutrement to the actual amp itself or was it just a stock amp well as a woody guy a woodworker um we got ours in walnut so solid ah, walnut all the way around nice uh, kind of matches the the theme of our little showroom office space at the shop and yeah. uh 
I'm a sucker for wood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, walnut, you know? walnut is just beautiful wood. Sure is. It really yeah. is. I mean, it's it actually sounds good too. Yeah. And, and, and as far as a guitar. Yeah. Um, you know, it's unfortunately not used very much. I know Rickenbacker smashes it in together with with uh, maple on some of its models. Within the last couple of years, they did a, a walnut series yeah. where they used primarily walnut in the mm. guitars. So, yeah. Interesting. There you go. Good we times. do have a walnut build coming up, oh. so guys should stay posted for that. Ooh, well, well, well. We, yeah, will you do this? Who, uh, who's the buyer? All the favor and and put uh, put that up so that the uh, Facebook uh, group can check that out. Heck yeah, we're we're still a few months out on it, but uh, it's in the process. Cool. Curly walnut is what we're doing on the top. Oh, nice. Now, is, is, yeah. is walnut? Uh, does it grow out in California? Because I know it's it's a pretty There's common area called here. walnut grove well there you go that's well, probably where you go. There's walnut grove i think uh, they grow fast it does cars grow. and pretty women there though and lots of money <laughs> actually money grows on trees in walnut grove yeah. quite yeah. literally on the walnut trees on yeah, the walnut trees, on the walnut trees. Uh, it does grow in california uh, mainly on groves i don't know of any accounts where it has grown naturally in California, but it could be wrong. And my knowledge base on the growth of walnut is yeah. not that great. But uh, well, yeah, I definitely. Is, how about how about studying up next time uh, yeah. before you know prep prep yeah. up? Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. man. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, the lodge. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, the walnut here is like uh, weed trees, dandelions, and seagulls in California. It's crazy. <laughs> no way. Oh, dude. are they big or are they just little shrub they're brush? Huge, brush huge, type? huge. Giant and they're, really? You, they are like a. They're almost. I mean, quite frankly, it, it is like a weed. And you, if if you have a yard in Ohio, you spend you have a walnut tree a fair amount of time. You will you what you don't want to do is just let them go because then you're going to have walnut trees growing all over the dang place. <laughs> you and can't mow yeah, them over because they just replant themselves. And yeah, they, they've got those giant like black walnuts have those today on the walnut block yeah. podcast. Right. Well, I mean it's it is it is kind of it is kind of interesting. Like if you go to one of our metro parks, it's like you you almost you actually have to be a little careful. Don't look up. Like literally, don't look up because you get a walnut smashed in your face. Because the wall, the big, no big giant walnut, and I don't mean the kind that you crack for Christmas. The ones that are in the husk, they're like tennis balls, and they're yeah, but pointy tennis, yeah, pointy tennis balls, pointy baseballs, really. Yeah, they just fall. F- they're all over the place. Yeah, take Crazy. a mitt when you go in the park. Yeah, <laughs> good idea, yeah. Jared. So you're telling me I need to take a road trip up there with a big truck and a sawmill, portable For sawmill. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, legitimately. Then yeah. drive back to California. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I'm sure you could find a boatload of it out here. Yeah, and people just give you. Yeah, yep. take this, please. Uh, anyways, that is crazy. That is a lot about walnuts. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, Next, okay. we'll talk uh, about swamp ash. No, <laughs> I don't want to talk about swamp ash unless it's on a Jennings guitar. So let's get to you, my man. Um, Chad and I have been talking recently. We we uh, struck up a conversation on the old Instagram. Because he's got a great presence and he's showing off some beautiful work. And so we had to get him on. You're a relatively young builder as far as guitars go. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, how, how long have you been doing this? Started at 14. I'm 26 now. You started so, at... going on 12 years off and on. Wow. Yeah. So you're a young yeah. builder, but not young in years building. Haha. <laughs> Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Do you have? Did you sit in school and just design <laughs> guitars during math class when you were fourteen? How did you? Were you? <laughs> I was doing that. Um, 
kind of the way it came about is I've always been one to tinker and build things. Mm-hmm. So I remember if anyone knows woodworking, we had an old shopsmith, which is like a basically a woodworking multi power tool thing. You could do like table saw, bandsaw. Uh, we had one of those, and I remember making like Pinewood Derby cars on it, and then I would make RC cars. And then eighth grade comes around, I had a science fair project to build a guitar or build something or explain a process and i was like dad i want to build a rubber band string guitar and then i remember sitting in class one day i'm like dude i hate these school projects where we put so much energy and time into making something and throw it away at the end of the project i was like dad i want to build an actual electric guitar and he's like all right (laughs) so cool we set out and got the tools working and um i was blessed enough to have my dad help me fund the project and i actually built a electric guitar at 14 for a science project in eighth grade. Well, uh, I, still have it. I still have it and it still plays. Trust rod doesn't really work. Fret work was interesting, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was made out of a 30 year old piece of mahogany. So it's, it actually sounded great. It was, if you can imagine a Gibson SG, that's almost two inches thick. <laughs> that, that was my guitar. That's actually probably that how it should have been built. Cause then it wouldn't go headstock to the floor. Right. Yep. That's yeah, but sounds like an improvement in my mind. Yeah, I remember I I had a Gibson SG at the time and I I love the guitar, but uh American made and I I kept playing the one that I made more cuz I liked the tone of it. Now obviously the frets were all wonky, so that part wasn't enjoyable, but the overall tone of the instrument was way better than the Gibson SG that I had. And then it kind of kickstarts the thought process in my mind, I'm like, Oh, if I change the nut, what happens? If I change the body wood, what happens? And it's, you know, it's just a spiraling thing that just feeds on itself. Just like all you guys and why we're all here. Oh, you yeah, know? Sure, yeah. So I just was hooked. And then would, I don't know, from then I would build some guys, little projects here and there, do a lot of woodworking. And, um, what was it? My freshman year of college, Devin Murdoch, who works with me now asked me if I could build him a base. And I was like, shoot let's do it and then a few more buddies wanted instruments and then it just kept rolling and growing and you, you know you do repair work with it and uh yeah that's kind of how we got started so the 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 story here is everybody out there who has listened to all of our interviews if you find somebody who is just starting to build anything go to them and say i want one and essentially <laughs> you'll get something you know, that's made by them who will ultimately become super famous and rich and well-known for almost nothing. Exactly. That's the way to do it. Like <laughs> get them guitars on the, <laughs> yeah, do that. Everybody go out and find somebody that's making something and say, Hey, I'd like one of those and I'll support you. That'll be my, <laughs> that's my payment. I don't know how that works for you, but anyways. So, uh, cool. Yeah. How, how did you, what, what got you into guitars in the first place? Um, I remember my dad played guitar growing up. Um, just, he played a lot of Eagle songs or like we'd go to church and he'd play some stuff there, just little stuff. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, you come to middle school and everyone's listening to variations of rock music and I'm just like, I can do that. My dad's got a guitar. So I picked it up and then, you know, sure enough, got hooked. And then shortly after I was like, shoot, I love playing. Why can't I build one? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how the snowball started. Excellent. Where was that? Um, well, okay. So let's get, let's get to your, um, you built your first guitar, then you started m- making them for other people. Uh, yeah. Did, did you have other guitar? Did you, do you remember like the first guitar you actually had? Um, 
commandeered guitar? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you're, uh, not, I guess not one the, that you made, but like, you know, the first guitar that, that you got with your own, that was yours. Yeah, like for Christmas or birthday or whatever. Yeah. It was the Gibson SG I talked about earlier. That was my first okay. guitar. Oh, okay. But, but prior to that, I... have for your first guitar. I, Sheesh. Yeah. Well, I started on a Yamaha electric Costco guitar that my dad had that later was turned into a project and then later thrown in the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would say Gibson SG was my first one. So was yeah. Was it a faded or a standard or those? Was it their specials that were like oh. the uh, wine red or cherry red that had the dots, but it wasn't the faded ones. Yeah. 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 What, did it have P90s? No, this one had buckers on it. Buckers. Okay. Ah, cool. Yeah. Okay. Jared is a, a a catalog of SGs. Like, if, yeah. you, if you have an SG question, ask Jared. Basically, it's useless information. Really? Okay. Most no, of the it's time. Not useless. What does SG Most it's useless to me I don't Solid like guitar. Are you sure about that? I don't know. Yes. Uh, okay. Anyways, that's a different podcast, the SG podcast. And so, anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So let's let's get uh, moving forward on your story. So you, at some point in time, yeah. you 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 were building a few, and you started saying, "Hey, I like this." And then what was it? What was the like the step into saying, "I think I'm gonna do this." I was going to be a firefighter, so I was taking fire tech courses, and when you start doing guitar research during the lecture of your firefighting courses yep. <laughs> it's probably time to change yeah. directions yeah. well and you so, also chose to get into one of the most highly impacted fields in california period yeah yep. interesting so so then you said all right well i'm going to change the course here yeah i felt guitars and then my dad's like well you can't just start doing it you need something so i tried to i was like okay i'll learn engineering always fascinated by the way things work and so i started doing that uh not a fan of calculus <laughs> yeah so that was a turning point from engineering and then the other thought was okay let's go to school for business you know by the time you make a third direction change i'm like is this i i really don't know if formal college is for me you know i learned better hands-on doing things trying challenging myself right so at that point I said, hey, dad, I'm going to Luthier School in Michigan, Gallup School, Luthery. And I went there and uh, actually got a certificate in guitar building and repair. That's awesome. And, and then even predating that, I went to the East Coast. So what was this? 2013. And I, I worked with two Luthiers. I built a flat top acoustic guitar with Jay Lichty of Lichty Guitars in North Carolina. And then I built an archtop acoustic with uh, American Archtop and Dale Unger in Nazareth, Pennsylvania, near the oh, Martin Factory. Yeah. Cool. You still have so I, I figured being so young. Yes, I do. Nice. I still play them. Yeah. But yeah, I figured being so young, I needed some level of credibility. So I sought out education from a different means other than, you know, normal four year college and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I went about it. I don't think a lot of people have the self realization to just kind of go with that, not just chasing a hobby, but as early as you did say, nope, this is a thing. Let's do this. I think yeah. what we find is a lot of people do it on the side and they go, oh, hey, actually, this is working. And then they just stumble into, you know, an awesome thing. But to have the wherewithal to say, totally. and that's huge pressure to say, I'm not going to do what the status quo is doing. I'm going to do something different. Going about it the right way is that's a good idea. Every yeah. other day, every other day. This is Jared. I <laughs> I know. Who is this? Hey, Jared. This is Jared. <laughs> Every other day, I, I always I always look back and I say, 
man, if I would have just got into pickups right after I got out of the service, you know, yeah. I would I would be possibly in a different spot. I started yeah. doing pickups about 10 years after I got out of the service. Uh-huh. So... But you live a oh, life. Wow. Give me 10 more years of what I'm doing now. I, I believe I'd be a lot bigger than you what could I do am. it blindfolded then. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's true. Interesting. Feel free to take all that out. I'll use the machine, or maybe not. Anyways, back to you, Chad. Um, so, okay. <laughs> no, so, don't use the other machine. No, I won't. I'll leave that in there. J- Jared's a big Okay. So, when you, when you started to, when you said, all right, I'm doing this. Um, was there, did, did you really know what your particular bend was as far as, uh, style design? Cause that's a big challenge oh. for everybody who's getting into luthier and pedals and amps that a lot's been done. So how do you find your own voice? I think a lot of it's just repetition. You just got to start making stuff. You, you build something and then you kind of review it and, say oh i would change that or you know we pull influences from everything you know the automotive world you know modern furniture the guitar world itself and um just mix it i, I would say in some regards i'm not as much of a visionary but I, I, i'm more of a trial and error guy you know i'll keep pushing and trying and you know keep keep grabbing towards stuff that that makes sense for what i'm doing and kind of define my voice through that and find the voice within myself by trial and error so that's kind of how i go about it i guess we can tell some of what your major influences are uh for those of you who can't see uh i, I think you tend to favor the offset style guitars with a yeah. mix of, with a mix of um i guess body dimension but predominantly in the offset realm yeah one of the hardest things to do in a unique way as we've heard from so many luthiers before is getting your headstock how challenging is that for you um it was kind of a building block effect you know i built i started i wanted something simple something that could be timeless and i started with a simple flat fender style headstock with the rough outline shape that we have currently and then as time progressed i just started adding in the cutaway and um it seemed to make sense again the whole thing is you want to create something that's timeless enough to look good today but also still want to be played tomorrow. And I think the Strat and the Tele are two great guitars that, that do that. So kind of pulling from some of the things that Fender did well in a lot of the other companies and then making it your own. Sure. Keep it simple. When you're going about some of the finding those variations, did you hit a point where you're like, okay, I'm starting to do things that I've seen or did you know that there was something that you were chasing the whole way? I think they're rough ideas in my head of what I wanted, um, but I didn't have a clear vision of exactly what I want or where I was going to take the the style and the lines of the guitars and the overall feel of them. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're drawing, you're drawing so I just, an inspiration. We can definitely see that in there. Uh, they look familiar, but they're fresh. I think you have... That's really funny. I've, I've said those exact words to countless people. I wanted to do something familiar, yet unique, and keep it simple. You know, to a certain degree, I think that's what a majority of people are trying to do. Some hit it yeah. in the head and, and some don't. Are they semi-hollow or like... So the way, the way we've got it lined up right now is we've got the Voyager model, which is your jazz master feeling guitar. And then we have our Catalina model, which um, I would call a cross between an ES339 and I don't know the horns of our Voyager as well. Yeah. So um, the Voyager comes as Voyager standard, which is solid body or Voyager deluxe, which is semi hollow. Right. Catalina was originally designed to just be semi hollow. 
but we've just got our first request for a solid cat- solid body Catalina and we've built that and that's in the works of getting completed. And, um, we actually really dig the solid body Catalina. So yeah, I bet that would look that's, really great. Yeah. So the way our, I guess our order form and the way we process orders is those are the templates. You got those three, now four templates being the, uh, standard Voyager, Voyager deluxe, uh, Catalina standard and Catalina deluxe. Uh-huh. You go in, pick your pickups, pick your hardware, uh, color, and then uh, binding options and stuff like that, and kind of build off of them from there. So we, at this point, we don't have any standard guitars. That is a nice feature that you have uh, on the site, being able to kind of like, you know, put it together right there. Um, fortunately for you, you've got two major body styles, or I guess technically four, um, but two main branches to go off of. Uh, and then make yeah. them your own. And now are you doing them all uh, made to order? Or are you, are you building stock and then people can choose or we have some stock built. Um, so you can obviously go online to our website, reverb.com to find that. Mm-hmm. Or a few of our retailers We've got some out there, um, but mainly custom orders. You know, it's, it's a better sell when you build something catered to what the guys want. For and, sure. and that's the clientele we've developed. Some companies build, more so spec guitars that really great spec guitars that appeal to 90, 95% of people. And it works for them. For us, it's more of custom. Uh, what's the weirdest custom thing that you've gotten asked to do or most difficult, either one of those. We'll take, uh, we'll take asked, either answer asked or done. Uh, well, tell us <laughs> the, they're two different things. Time. People ask all the time. Uh, <laughs> I think the most interesting one I've had a guy asked for a pink dog hair finish with uh, black grain fill. So for those of you who don't know, dog hair is you, you spray a solid color and wipe in your grain filler into an open poured wood like mahogany or ash. And then the grain filler on top of the color creates the effect we call dog hair. So the guy was asking for pink dog hair, black grain fill, and then he wanted three P90s that were all kind of staggered like a bridge strap pickup. That's weird. And then to make it, yep. And then he wanted it lefty too, which lefties aren't hard to do. It's just, uh. it's like, you're just stacking it. And it was quite, quite fun. Um, he never ended up ordering and oh. he was from Australia and I'm oh. assuming it's because of import piece, but, uh, Oh geez. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. I know. I w- I've like, always wanted a pink guitar. That sounds like one of those times when you go to like, uh, Ruby Tuesdays, and you go through the salad bar and you just go, that looks good. That looks good. That looks good. And you go and eat it. And you're like, this is awful. <laughs> Why did Dude, I put cranberries on this? This is ranch dressing. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt processing, processing the order. And I kept trying to get the guy to change stuff. And he's like, no, this is what I want. I was like, uh, yeah, no, we can't do this land pickups. And they're not going to do what you want. So, <laughs> uh, some luthiers, what we found is that they, you know, they kind of find the, the where their sweet spot is. Uh, like yeah. for Novo, for example, they got one body style, but they're making the most out of it, right? Yeah. And some people, like we just Dude, interviewed a, Walsh, yeah. and he's got, uh, he's all over the place. He's got all kinds of stuff. Where do you fit into that? I would say in the middle. I think it, with our, with Jenny's guitars, we want to keep it simple, but we want to appeal to, I wouldn't say everyone, because I don't think any company could do that, but more people than uh, certain niches. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do plan to come up with some more body shapes. So we started talking and roughly designing one, um, possibly at a more economical price point. Um, that's all I'm going to say, because <laughs> okay. there's no definition for 
At least is it, is it. it a, is it but, a uh, two inch thick SG? <laughs> oh no, it's a strap body. I was actually going to make a four inch thick. But, oh, uh, there we go. Ouch. <laughs> You'll Anyways. be able to break in a car with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> As far as finishes go, are there any that you that you kind of tend to lean towards as favoring uh, with your particular body or your particular design? We started recently doing more satin finishes, satin on solid colors, satin on the um, I don't know natural grain finishes, and I've never I never thought I would like satin so much. I'm like, no, why would you ever do satin? And then you know, sure enough, you've got what ten guitars hanging up in the office and the one I keep going to is the satin one. Interesting. It just keeps saying like, play me, play me. And I'm just like, why, why is it, why is it that satin is so enticing? Why do I like that? So it's, it's fun to have that hanging up in the shop and kind of asking myself those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, that and dog hair, we get a lot of requests to dog hair too. It's kind of hot and right I, now. I like doing them. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are you, uh, are you using satin, uh, lacquer, uh, or are you just, uh, bringing it down? Satinizing them. Satinizing them. Yes. Uh, we are using flat clear coats right okay. now on them. Uh, right now, yes, we are using lacquer. Okay. But uh, we, we're starting to mess around with some other finishes as well. And uh, You've got something that is... I'm guessing that this is polarizing to a degree for some for some guitar uh, wanters. That... No. People that want guitars. <laughs> Consumers? Whatever. Guitar wanties. <laughs> uh, so you have the name of the guitar on some of your scratch plates or scratch plates. I've been listening yes. to the dang. I guitar. say, I've been listening. I say, I say I've been listening to the guitar, not Ned's a bit too much. Maybe. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> <Pickard>. <laughs> That's what Jay cross is. Scratch plates, whatever. Scratch Anyways, plate. Yeah. yeah. Well, shout yes. out to those guys. Fantastic podcast. I love them. Okay. Yeah, your pick guard more more accurately, more correctly. Your Tell us about guard. your scratch plates. <laughs> uh, My scratch plates. <laughs> yeah. So so f- as soon as I saw that, I th- I thought like first thing that came to my head was Burns or Hoff. B- Burns Burns guitars. Burns guitars. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, where Boy, did yeah. that ca- Where did that come from? From <laughs> you? Oh, just we've been talking about where to put the model name on the instruments forever, and mm-hmm. um, we've tried placing them on the headstock. The headstock gets too busy back of the headstock that's weird and ambiguous uh, literally water slide decal on the body deducts from the guitar itself uh, and the way the guitars are designed the only place that made sense was on the pickguard itself i think so it's cool yeah up in that top corner uh is it, it fits is uh is it engraved perfectly guard or is it a badge or it I- is actually engraved okay cool so during the, the cutting process there's a, a tool that goes ahead and cuts out the the cavity for it. Nice. Uh, Tony, I would imagine yeah. that you as a pickguard builder are probably seeing an uptick in that right now. Is that, am I guessing that correctly? I feel like I'm seeing a lot more of that on I Instagram. mean, certain models, yes, but, and in certain, you know, it's, it's not something that I, that I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, you mean you can't do it or you don't do it? I don't have, do I'm not equipped to do it properly. Okay. And, and, and pickguard yeah. plastic is not very forgiving when it comes to lasers and things right. like that. I know it's, I mean, that's a pretty popular thing to do in this, in the sort of like swing cowboy Billy style of players. Uh, to get their like their names on the pick guards. Um, oh yeah, well know. I mean, and I do I do Bigsby style, you know, yeah. like inlaid guards. Yeah, but uh, but those are not the same thing. Okay, gotcha. You sure? I gotcha. I you feel follow? you. Follow? You follow? Interesting. Yeah. Like, what's the turnaround on your 
custom orders? Shoot custom orders right now. We're trying to keep them down to two months, but we're right around three right now. We got just a bunch of stuff in, and you know, using lacquer, you got to let it sit for a while before you can buff sure. and send out. Oh, too true, too true. I'm not seeing a propensity of relicking on these, and that is something that I think of newer builders right now. You see a lot of relicking. Yeah, you see a is lot. There, of that. Is there uh, where where you stand on that? Indifferent. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. I I think certain companies lend themselves well to relicking, and I think some relic guitars actually sound great. I could see our guitars being reliced, but it's just not a vision I'm interested in marketing at this point. Okay. No, that's fair. I've had one or two guys ask about it, but not enough to really invest interest in the actual process of relicking right you know and what you build kind of dictates your clientele so i i'm assuming that a lot of those relic guys that are into more of that worn out look are going elsewhere you know yeah there's there's some builders out there that are nailing that here's a here's a little hint to uh, or a pointer to people that are looking to buy guitars if you see somebody that doesn't make a lot of relic guitars or, you know, that's not their <laughs> cup of tea, you know, I'm, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that like, uh, that probably sounds like I'm saying like a jerk or something. I'm sorry. But I, what I mean no. to say is if you know that somebody is really good at doing one thing, asking them to do something that's not that may not be the best choice. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a thought. Each builder is different. Yeah. You know, some guys like the challenge. Some guys you know, we're pretty custom. Uh, at this point, I would outsource for relicking because I don't have the the actual know-how to do it. I, I'm sure I could learn it relatively quick, but um, chest freezer. My interest is vested elsewhere. So, what's uh, one of the hardest thing? What is the hardest thing about building the guitar, in your opinion? What? Um, okay, I was going to say emotionally or physically. <laughs> yeah, physically. Uh, uh, to hit them both. Maybe both. Yeah. Yeah. It's your book. <laughs> yeah. What? What is it? I what think let's think? break it into two categories, paint and uh, manufacturing, uh, for lack of better words, or crafting, if you want to call it. Uh, in the crafting of the guitar uh, prior to paint, I would say binding is one of the most frustrating. We uh-huh. are doing old school uh, router channel, take plastic binding strips, bend it, glue it in place, <laughs> and then flush it down mm-hmm. or sand it flush and whatnot sand and scrape so yeah. uh, definitely takes a huge toll on your fingers um i'm sure there's easier ways to do it but we haven't invested our energy out there but man i literally your hands ache after that or like you pulled so many pieces of tape off that you feel like if i pull another piece of tape off my finger the skin's coming with it you know you just feel raw sometimes yeah yeah other than that uh frettings uh can be it's not hard to do um but it can be tiring yeah very fatiguing if you gotta do a lot of necks i've batched up to 10 necks before and you're like wow wow. that was a lot of work (laughs) that was a lot of work yeah especially when you got to hand cut them to size tedious that's extremely tedious work 240 or two or 220 frets yeah 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 and and with five or six different sanding and polishing elements and golly it's no, it's and everyone's got their own system, but you know that's that's really what makes a guitar. Some companies don't do it at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've got a few of those. Oh, oh man, yeah. So that's some of the harder parts um, physically in paint. Uh, man, I think everyone's got a story of how debris is floating in the booth that you just cleaned and vacuumed out, oh, yeah. and it lands on your guitar. You know, there's always black on white. And white on black. <laughs> yes. You know, oh, yeah. it's difficult. And I spent a lot of time and energy trying to clean them up and making it the best that we can. Um, do, and, uh, you, do you offer a bug fi- bug finish? 
<laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Go out in spring and just let it sit. <laughs> that would actually be that, like legitimately. Oh. I'm, I'm just thinking that's actually kind of a fun idea. If you did that, that'd be like Everglades caster where you. You just oh my gosh. go hang it out <laughs> and then, and then give it a couple it. more coats of sealer yeah. and just polish it out and just some sugar on it. Yeah, it'd be like bugs. They'd all just be encased in it. They, they, right. no, they don't even need sugar. I There's something about lacquer oh, yeah. that, that they're just, you know. It's it, sweet smelling. It, I guess yeah. that's what it is. Yep. And they just, they are drawn to it like a moth to a yeah. flame. Or if you live, it's crazy. if you're a builder in, in Minnesota, just make it a Skeeto caster. And yep. uh, that'd be, that'd be that, just wanna, go outside and dance in circles and pick them all up. <laughs> yeah, just run Skeeters. around the just <laughs> run around the guitar. They'll come. They'll come. Oh cool, gosh. man. Uh, well, I, I really appreciate you just uh, sharing out all your info and, and learning about your story and how you got started and everything. And you, you make a, yeah. a, a pretty fine instrument. And um, thank you. I'm personally gravitating towards the uh, the Voyager White with the black pick guard and the black uh, covered P90s. Ooh, yes. Yeah. I love that guitar. I like that a lot. Uh, that one's kind of sitting next to the Benson right now as my daily player. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, Jared? Well, gentlemen, it's that, well, it's that time for Would You Rather? Ooh. Right. Would You Rather time. Don't encourage This will be fun. Please. This week's Would You Rather so, you walk into a guitar shop. It is closing down. There's only two guitars left. Oh, only two? Only two left that Ooh. you can choose from, and they're he- heavily discounted, and you have to walk out with one. That's the rule of this, would you rather? You breathe, to, breathe, Jared. Yeah, hey, man, I'm, I'm really excited he's, about he's, this. He's like geeked up about it. Well, he's yeah. also like, <laughs> he's horizontal right now. He's literally <laughs> reclined so far that he's horizontal. I had a horizontal. massage today, by the way, so I, I got to kind of let it. Okay. Um, the first guitar you come upon is a green burst. It's a Les Paul. It's a green burst flame top. Or the next one is threw up in my mouth a little bit. I think (laughs) (laughs) the next one is a purple flame top burst. I for sure just threw up in my mouth. I definitely want both. (laughs) I want both. Okay. Those are the I'm definitely going with green. Green Les Paul Burst. Oh, green Les Paul Burst. All right. So now explain your choice, sweet Papa. I don't know. Purple is never I don't know, never stood out much. I don't know, never cared for purple that much. At least hanging on my shoulder. Um, green, uh, I used to ride Kawasaki motorcycles, so I am a fan of green to some degree. So I can appreciate that. Incredible Hulk. Done. Tony. I, 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 I want both. Well, you can't have I want both. Would you rather? (laughs) You got to choose one or the other. Oh gosh. Oh, so it goes from green to yellow. Is that what you're saying? And from purple Wait. to yellow? No. They're just they're so it's green with like black burst. What kind of burst is this? Yeah, it goes from light green to dark green or vice versa. It goes from dark green on the outside okay. to light green in the middle. Okay. 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 Ew. And the same Maybe I changed my mind. <laughs> yeah. It goes from like a forest green I, I was to picturing- a lime. I can, I can picture that. Uh, I'm going to go with purple. I might take the purple. It's oh. too late. You've already made your choice. Okay. Hang on. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't get a visual of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with purple. 
Okay. No, I'm going. I think purple would be kind of cool. I don't. I've. I don't think I've ever. No, I've never owned a purple guitar. I've owned a couple of green guitars before. Yeah, but never a purple. So I'm going with purple. Okay. Go, Jared. Oh man. Well, I don't own a green guitar, and I don't want one. No. So I'm. I'm going with purple. <laughs> I have a. Uh, Jared, do you have a purple guitar? I do. I have a. Ooh. I have a nineteen. 19- <laughs> That sounded judgmental. <laughs> ew. I'm in love with it. This interview got, is over. I mean, ew. <laughs> I like the looks of it. It's it's actually called uh, Midnight Blue Mist, but it's actually if you look at it, anybody would say it's purple. Mm-hmm. It's a Fender color. It's very rare. It came out in the uh, late '80s, early '90s, and it came on a Strat Plus, and that's okay. So it it really does look tasteful. It's awesome, but uh, yeah. So in that for that reason, I'll go purple. Right. Pretty much. All right. I do like the incredible you had sweet on top, didn't you? <sighs> yeah, it's got to be okay. The worst of the two. I, Todd, that's a lot going on. Uh, Rain this baby. I'm, go, in. I'm going green. I'm going green because hey, I just right. couldn't purple. I. I don't Thanks, particularly Todd. hate. I appreciate purple, it. <laughs> I I do like I, I do like. A, green burst with with like a black like again i'm thinking like i remember like the, oh, like the first burns. burns yeah yeah, yeah man yeah. that black caught my black eye green. you know and actually um just had drew walsh on and uh he uh he's got a really tasty green burst with a gold pick guard and and, and black edges it looks pretty pretty tight that would look good yeah um, yeah. So yeah i'm going green me and me and uh chad here will ride off on his kawasaki's into the sunset. I love with our the 50 Sweet. It's that's great. Hey, Chad, where can people find you on the internets? Uh, our website, JenningsGuitars.com. Uh, next best place would be Instagram at JenningsGuitarCo. Uh, we do have a Facebook page and as well as a small YouTube channel that we're pushing to grow right now. And Reverb. That's where you can find us. Yes. Uh, and Reverb. I always forget about Reverb. Yeah. I feel like they're an extension to our website, even though they're not. Yeah. But yes, Reverb.com. Excellent. And we have a sale going on. All the listeners of Guitar Knobs, uh, we're doing 10% off. So reach out to us saying that you heard us on Guitar Knobs or punch in the code. Uh, one word, all lowercase, Guitar Knobs on Reverb.com. Outstanding. Brilliant. That's that awesome. is awesome fantastic thank you that's just very very generous i just i love it when people want to do that that's that's great yeah. and it gets the gets your guitars in our listeners hands and you, you close the circle yeah that's right i like it thank you very much that's, that's yes uh, that's very generous of you thank you tony yes where can they where can people find you well of course at pickguardian.com would be a nice place to start you can also go over to uh one of my Instagram uh, pages. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's Pick Guardian and the number one. Uh, Also a little bit on Facebook, but, you know, whatever you need. Send me a a, a cocktail napkin. Tony goes to a lot of theater, by the way, everybody. A cocktail napkin with a a sketch of something you want. Oh, that's what I did. I've done that. It worked. Well, yours yours was a little more advanced. You nailed it. I just gave him a guitar to use. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Jared, where can people find you? Well, uh, Jared at brandonwallandpickups.com is my email. My website is brandonwallandpickups.com. We build boutique pickups, vintage style pickups, aged vintage style pickups, 
And I'm starting to get into the funny, weird stuff that you don't see everywhere too. So give me a message and uh, let's talk. See what, uh, see if I could fill your needs. Yeah. I'm also on Instagram. Excellent. And anybody can drop me a line any old time they want. Todd at theguitarnobs.com and we can have a chat. Uh, Tony, I think you got a few people we'd like to thank. No, I don't want to do that. All right. Hand it to me. I'll do it. <laughs> no, of course we want to thank. Yeah. Said so, nobody who wants to be on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> but Come on. Seriously. Um, so at this point in the show, we like to thank our executive producers. I love them. You, know, you may be saying, well, what's an executive producer? Well, I guarantee you, if you go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs, mm-hmm. that's right. You can find out how you can become an executive producer or just at any level. And right. every bit helps. Yep. Yep. And you're going to get something really cool no matter what level you're you're. We got t-shirts at. and knobs and picks and stickers and all kinds of You'll stuff. You'll have something yeah. to show for. The creme de la creme mm-hmm. would be the executive producer level. And Jared, in addition to all those wonderful prizes and gifts, what do they get? They get their name read on the thing. That and is the correct. thing would be uh, the podcast, That's which right. is what I'm going to do right now as Todd grows angrier <laughs> and angrier. Because <laughs> you take so much angrier. time. <sighs> so without further ado. That's when I go get popcorn. Get some popcorn. <laughs> Uh, without further ado, yes. Here are our executive producers. Yeah, Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff, David Wolfson, Matt Brammer, Carlos Mancha, Pete Marshall, Derek Fitzer, Robin Smith, John Daly, Oliver Gonzalez, Sean Chris Kearney, John Anglin, Robert Marfleet, Darren Gregory, Gary Goodman, Zach J. Wright, and Doug Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank, thank you. you yes. Guys. And to be clear, it's not that I don't want to hear anybody's name read. It's just I'm growing old while I'm doing it. <laughs> so anyways, I appreciate you guys. Jared appreciates you guys. Tony appreciates you, you guys. We, we all appreciate you guys. Really? Also, make sure you remember to uh, check us out on Spotify. Help uh, help us grow over there. So even if you uh, don't normally listen, give it a few listens and let's get our numbers up. Thank you. Yes, sir. And uh, Chad, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your time. Um, it's yeah. a pleasure talking with you and uh, much, much success to you and your company thank you guys it's been a great pleasure talking really just hanging out with you guys so yeah that's what it is yeah. we're yeah. hanging out dude's talking about and, it's hanging out and and thanks for thanks for the extra offer i that's mean huge. It's yeah, all of our, so much. our listeners will i hope many take advantage of yeah, it. yeah definitely yeah. take advantage of that oh, they shall. those in your hands <laughs> subscribe <Yeah>. subscribe <laughs> he wants it well he, he gets, gets it. it. <laughs> I, 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 oh boy. <laughs> I, 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 okay, let's do this again. <laughs> Jeez. I, 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 that was weak. Yeah, that, that was, was really weak. Yeah. Just give let's, it one more shot. Again. You let's don't do have to do the, the, the panning thing. All right. Just, just give us, <laughs> give us the business, man. <laughs> okay. Let's clap ourselves back in and pretend that none of this happened. Let's do it. None of it happened. I, 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 I want both. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at the guitar knobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, 
and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.